When I got this thyroid disorder, what really struck me was the feeling uncomfortable about my body's signals. Like, what does this mean? Do I have to be scared about it? Like, there was all these things and being on medicine where you, you're just not as in tune with your body as you are when you're not on medication. And so I think building up that trust again in my own body is definitely the chapter of where I am now. I only stopped medication in April and all of a sudden I noticed a weekend where I'd been feeling amazing and I noticed my medicine that I hadn't taken it. Hello and welcome back to the Your Great Podcast with your host, Unique Hammond. As you know, if you've been following me, I created the space for those on their healing journey looking for the alternative to what's out there and to what's offered. And it's not always sexy to contemplate a food forward approach, especially when there's all of these optimizations out there let's optimize this, let's optimize that. And, you know, it's kind of why I love it. I love the simplicity of focused nourishment and support for vitality and wellness. I follow a lot of health people in all departments, from doctors to dietitians to functional medicine doctors. And I, I gather all of this interesting information and what I realize is that a lot of the information out there is for people who want to lose weight, obesity, diabetes. It's not necessarily for the unwell person who wants to get better. And a lot of the philosophies are based on eating balanced, like, hey, sugar and have caffeine. And what I've noticed, especially in my myself and in my clients, is that sometimes you need to take a whole foods approach to resolving your health issues and just dig in, especially since most of my clients have tried everything else. So doing a protocol that strips away anything that can feed inflammation and just really focusing on nourishment and rest is sometimes the medicine we absolutely need. So I love it. I love seeing all of it though, to be honest. I'm intrigued, I'm fascinated, I am lit up by the work that I do. There's a lot of garbage information out there and it's hard to weed through, especially when you have such passionate people serving up garbage. But this space, I try to focus on what I believe, which is start with the basics. Eat foods that nourish your body, support your body. Our bodies are amazing. They detox naturally. We don't really need to force them to do anything. We just need to support it doing what it does. Today's healing story is with Lean from Copenhagen and we started working together in 2021 and she was kind of vacillating between hypo and hyperthyroidism and at the time committed to a vegan raw vegan lifestyle you'll hear her story she had eczema and chronic bladder infections depression and PMS and moodiness and just the whole dysregulated body basically so we built a plan together well this is her story and but what i love is lean's dedication to the process and really honoring her personal journey i hope you enjoy our conversation i also wanted to let you know that i will be doing group coaching i have a live group course that starts in january but i'm offering some group coaching that will be ongoing so for those who have a plan have a protocol with Karen, you are all invited. Sign up for my newsletter on my website at yourgreat.com. 
and you can uh, sign up for ongoing coaching. Thank you so much for joining me, and I hope you enjoy this healing story. Lena, thank you for coming on the Your Great Podcast to share your healing story. We have been talking about this for such a long time, and it's very inspirational. And you're just the loveliest of humans who I seldom get to meet people that I work with because the fact that I'm virtual, but we got to meet in person when I was in Copenhagen. It was just so special. It was really, really wonderful. So it's great to see you. Thank you, Unique. It was really special. I was very surprised as well for that opportunity. It was February 2021 when we first had our health consultation. And you came looking to work on your... I had you down for thyroiditis, but I think somewhere along the way in eczema and then chronic bladder issues, period stuff, yeah, hormonal imbalances. But did somewhere along the way, did that become more Hashimoto's? Yeah, that's correct. Thyroid, like a hyper, hyper, what is it called? Hyperthyroidism. And then were you also, and then you, did you switch, you went hyper, because I remember when we first spoke, you talked about being hyper, but that it would go into hypo as well. So you had kind of this roller coaster going on. Yeah. Yeah. I think we share a mutual friend in common, and I believe that's how you found the bean protocol. Is that right? Agnes Bedou from Los Angeles, who introduced me for a long time since I lived in LA. And yeah, so she actually gave me the tip that, you know, she thought you were the leader of hormonal, women's hormones and balancing them in a natural way. So kind of the leader in that field. And I was really looking for somebody because in Denmark, there was nobody that I was aware of, even not in functional medicine. I couldn't find somebody where I just felt like this person's got it and I trust her or him and I feel like this is going to be sustainable. I couldn't find that person. So when I found you, I was just like, okay, beans, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I am like, what is it? Almost two and a half year into the bean protocol and it just works. So yeah, what can I say? (laughs) Well, and you were also vegan, right? At the time, were you vegan? I was trying to stay vegan, as I like to say, and it was such a misunderstanding of my needs and my system. It took me a while to get out of it, to really understand my thyroid and pituitary um, gland really needed the protein and, and the meat. So, yeah, I felt like it was medicinal when I ate meat and I had the bone broth, really, because I, I, and I had a hard time getting used to the meat. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. How long had you been vegan for? Um, so I had been on like all of my 20s almost on and off vegan, like trying to stay raw vegan, right? And and this whole thing, I had been to Hippocrates Health Institute, you know, early on in my 20s and trying to heal a candida issue and the, the, the recurring bladder infections, all of those like depression symptoms, all of those things, um, being vegan. And drinking a lot of green juices. <laughs> that was it to the extent where I, I sometimes would not know what to eat because I tried to starve out the candida, right? And do it that way around. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and candida is a really interesting one because we all have it. I I had really, I don't know if this is something you knew, but I had really severe candida as well. And they wanted to treat it with antibiotics. And I just remember at the time, because of the Crohn's, I was like, no, I'm not taking antibiotics for my candida. No. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. that's how in, in, you know, conventional medicine, pretty much. And yeah, I haven't had it for ages, like really a long time now. And if I feel any kind of symptoms in that direction, I just add up on my garlic. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, so I came out of that kind of era where I thought green juices and raw vegan was the way to go and the way to balance out the acidic body of having candida and bladder infections. And how did you feel? Like, how did your body feel after, you know, doing raw vegan for a while? I, I mean, I, I felt great. Like I had a lot of energy and I felt, I felt like that on, on that you know, level, it was great, but I also felt very, I think when I look back, I don't know if that was it, but I just felt lighter and lighter, like not a lot of groundedness, not a, not a lot of, you know, calmness necessarily inside myself as, as now I'm on the being protocol and I've been that for, for a while. And, you know, the change of, of, of my nervous system on that diet, as well as other things that I've implemented is, is just profound. So, yeah, no, I, I could never go back to vegan. I mean, I, sometimes I look at people that are vegan and I'm like, I, I can recognize myself from that time. And I'm, I'm really like, I don't know what to say. I don't say anything because I just, it's their journey, right? But, but I just, I, I know how that feeling was and I, I don't want to go back. Like, I just, that was not good for me. Yeah, in the very brief time that I dipped my toe into it, and, and I didn't go as far as raw vegan at all. That's like another level. But I just remember feeling anxious. I was already anxious all the time, and it was like supercharged by all the green juices and almost manic. Like there was a sense of just absolute ungroundedness for me. I think um, you're right. I think you're absolutely right. It's, that's also how I felt. I came home just before COVID to Denmark from Paris. And I remember all my time, all my years in Paris, I felt extremely anxious. I felt, you know, so overwhelmed. And I, I was on ashwagandha and all these like, you know, power, so whatever powders and <laughs> things that I really liked, but it, I did with it. I was ending up keeping meals and, and because I didn't quite know what to nourish myself with. And, and it was just, no. No, no. <laughs> there is something empowered to feeling good and then also knowing how to nourish yourself to feel good. Yeah. You know, like it's so it, it, when you figure it out, it feels so it almost feels too simple. I don't know if you feel that way ever, but eating the protocol and your food, by the way, always looks so beautiful. <laughs> I'm always looking at it and I'm like, it's so beautiful. I, I sometimes I feel bad about it because such an element for me that, you know, I, I'm just such an aesthetic person. It's how I, you know, communicate with, you know, the things and thoughts and the inspiration I get. It's just the need to go out and something that I think is aesthetic. No, I literally want you to shoot all my food. I'm like, come and shoot all my food. It's just beautiful. You have such a beautiful eye for anybody uh, listening. Follow Eating for Health because you will be inspired by all of the beautiful food. You know, some people, I know that some people want their food to look beautiful. 
I'm not necessarily one of those people. As long as I know I'm getting what I need and it tastes good to me, then how it looks is, you know. So when I actually shoot something, I have to like think about it. I'm like, wait, this should look appetizing. And your food always looks appetizing. Like it looks effortless for you. I think I I can recognize what you're saying sometimes when I'm having my breakfast and it's just beans and a cut tomato or some, you know, cucumbers and, you know, whatever I have around. It's not necessarily anything aesthetic, but it's just for me, it's also about being in the kitchen, taking the time to like make that a nice experience and not just like something that I in the past jumped over. And I actually really like cooking. It's just that I reached this point being vegan, raw vegan, whatever, where I didn't really know what to cook for myself anymore because there wasn't any proteins that felt compelling to me. I wasn't big on the tofu and the tempeh and all of these things. So I just was cruising on something that wasn't sustainable. How long on the protocol before you started to really embrace adding protein into your life? And were you big on beans before? Were beans a big part of your life before the protocol? No, I was never big on beans. They always was a mess for me to have. And like, as it was in the beginning, very much for me as well in the bean protocol, I had a lot of issues with them. And, but that cleared up completely to like today, I have no issues with them. I, I mean, I crave them. I, I can't live without my beans. <laughs> they come along on travels wherever I go. I mean, I eat them in the airports. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, and I, I just, I, I love them. Like, and, and, and the protein, I actually implemented quite fast because it was something in me that I really, it resonated with me when you told me really got to get going with protein. I could really feel that sort of groundedness that a good bone broth gives you in the winter, right? We're in the Northern Hemisphere. So I was really missing this sort of warming, nourishing, nourishment. Yeah. So, so that was something that I eventually just came into very well. I think thanks to the bone broth. That was the beginning of how long on the protocol? Because originally I I built you the protocol. I know at some point you brought Karen in as well, which for anybody like Karen is just a gem and her courses are wonderful. So at, so I built, I originally built you in February of 2021 protocol for your hypothyroid, for PMS, bladder, and also kind of loosely for eczema, but all of the components were going to help with eczema as well. What was the first thing you started to notice for your health, like that started to shift for you? So definitely my period. I had at the time very, very heavy bleedings every month. And I had a lot of pain, like almost endometriosis. Now that I look back and I understand because I'm taking an education on this right now, which is a yoga approach, but it's based on the feminine cyclical nature, which has been profound in my healing as well, next to the Veen protocol, super exciting. But so I noticed my cycles just being way more peaceful, no symptoms at all, no sore breasts. Like I would always get really sore breasts and they would swell up and I everything would be uncomfortable for at least a week before my period. And then on the first couple of days, I would have heavy, heavy pain, like couldn't go anywhere, just have to lie down. And yeah, and I I think also this changed. I noticed a change because I had a miscarriage five or seven years ago. And then I had like a another one right after. And and I, I noticed a change from that as well. But, but, you know, who knows if I also had like a bit of a thyroid disorder back then. And, you know, I, I can't tell. 
But yeah, so so in 2020, when I was diagnosed with the hyperthyroidism, I, it was just alarming how fast my system was going. I was losing weight. I was like 48 kilos. I I was constantly anxious. I couldn't be any relationship without it being troublesome for me, whether that was my family or meeting somebody with system mess. Really terrible and to constantly see a therapist to figure out what to do and do neuro. You know, I did these in Paris, I did neurofeedback. Is that what it's called? Where you, yeah, to try and bring calmness. I've always meditated and done a lot of yoga. None of it were amazing. You could meditate when you were hyper because, yeah. 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 Well, I follow uh, Deepak Chopra's app and they have like the 21 days on a special topic. And I just enjoyed that a lot. But yeah, so I, the first improvement was definitely my period. Mm-hmm. And also where I feel the, like, it's the first sign that I'm off track now. Mm-hmm. That's where I, that's when I know, okay, I need to adjust here. I need to go back into being three times a day, not just twice a day. I need to make sure I get my proteins. I need to do facilium hus probably a week prior to getting my period sometimes if I'm not and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that that's where you feel the dysregulation coming in is, is in your cycle. Because I do think that for a lot of women, that's the last place that it'll show up. Like other things will start to dysregulate energy, sleep, I don't see it as a bad thing that your period alerts you that your body isn't getting what it needs. Yeah. Yeah. I I think maybe that also came with the awareness of what being cyclical really means for us mm-hmm. as well, right? Like I'll feel the 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 lack of energy and the the, the stressness in my body also, but but it will it will appear in my period as a pain or, you know, it would be very easy for me to to see there. Well, I think we have this um, conversation around our cycles as women because we're so used to either having PMS or tender breasts or pains that it's normalized versus, oh, it's cause and effect. And and I, I still think that the medical literature doesn't necessarily validate that either, that the way you live your life all month long can affect that five to seven days or 14 days of your cycle from ovulation to through period and and it and I've I I definitely relate to what you're saying because early on not as much anymore but early on if I wasn't on top of my nutrition I could really see the deficit in my hormones in my periods. Yeah, I mean I I'm reading all this literature because of my education now and I I, I think it's just been approved as the fifth health element like taking your blood pressure is that what it's called like it's recognized as how as powerful as as taking your blood pressure and like listening to your heart rate and everything it's been approved that you know the way your your cycles playing out each month is a is a big indicator of how you you're doing overall and i didn't know this i mean i had no no idea i i think there's a massive lack of information for women and i and i do think we're starting to catch up but yes yeah did you find yourself falling off protocol a lot? But when did you start to see thyroid health coming together for you? Definitely took me that kind of half a year from, I, I, I wasn't aware that we met in February, but it took me almost until after the summer that year to really understand, okay, I need to be 100% on this diet to really see these results that I'm wishing to see. 
So I took like a clean, you know, like I, I, I draw a line, I think some time around August because summer is always terrible in Denmark to be <laughs> being protocol because all these berries comes up and you want to like, oh, you merge yourself in the season because they're gone every, you know, all the other seasons. But anyway, so I took a clean plate in August 2021, I think, and then did like three months until October. And at that time, I had also visited a clinic in Switzerland, in Zurich, to get all my blood work done because I really didn't feel I was on the right track with the doctor I had in Denmark, even though that was a functional medicine doctor. And this is a whole other part of this conversation and us, my journey, because you know, I'd spent zillions of dollars, hundred thousands of, of, of <laughs> Danish crones on, you know, functional medicine approach to try and treat this illness that I was left with because no doctors in Denmark would, you know, tell me that, yeah, you can get off medication and you can heal from this. You have to be, they would, in fact, with functional medicine doctor, I was paying a fortune for helping me that, you know, you, you're just going to have to stay on this for the rest of your life. And I'm going to give you all the supplements that you can take in order to compensate all the symptoms that you have from this illness, but you're going to have to be on this forever. Like, and then that was it. Mm. Like, it's once there after summer in 21. And then I just experienced a whole other level of like energy like my, the, the medicine I was on at that time was for Hashimoto's. So I was on the new turning, is that how you say it? And um, medicine, both of them. <laughs> and I felt really bad. And, and I, and at that time I really felt a change in, in my body. I started, you know, losing weight because I had gained weight and I never did this in my life ever. You know, these- you gained so you gained weight on the medication. Uh, yeah, interesting. So, was the medication for when you were hyper, or did you go on the medication once you were hypo with Hashimoto's? Right after I experienced the hyper, I had like an excise on my throat, and once that inflammation sort of, you know, calmed down, it went Hashimoto's low mm. away, and that's when I. And I was struggling. Oh my God. I, I was running my own business. I had just been on Danish TV with a huge like thing that made us so busy. And, and it us was just me and my four tailors and, and they're separate from me. So I was really, really stressed and running with my business, you know, as much as I could because we just had COVID and, you know, you're just running with the ball. <laughs> and was, yeah, a lot of working from my bed at that time. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Yeah, I remember talking to you because we did a follow-up call in April of 2021, and you were starting to feel some of the calming effects of the protocol at that point. You were still dealing with, you know, obviously thyroid and anxiety. And and so when did you feel a shift in anxiety and UTIs? Do you get those at all anymore or are those gone mostly? I don't get the UTIs anymore. I have like a cramp situation where it can feel like my pelvic floor I will get cramps almost like a little inflammation like does it feel inflamed or and is it always does it coincide with ovulation or period it comes to get like after sex mostly Mm -hmm. very common yeah yeah and when we do when we do tests on it there's nothing to see it's just my system is still a little sensitive yeah very sensitive but yeah I felt like 
like to be honest with you, it wasn't until I got off medication that I stopped feeling anxious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very common, right? Yeah, and I didn't know this. I, you know, the doctors, I've never taken medication in my entire life before. And when the doctors said, you know, either you're going to die of a heart attack within like two weeks or you're going to take this medication because you're so high up there that this is nonsense. And I was like, okay, okay, no doubt I will take it. So, but I just didn't know that that it would create all these side effects for me. And I'm I'm super sensitive, you know, and when I stopped this year taking medication, the anxiety went away and started horse riding again. Like I, and that was something I'd been dreaming about doing my entire life, but was too scared of, we had horses when I grew up and I was just, so these things started to work for me and I wasn't scared of taking steps forward in my life on personal, you know, things and and there was so many things that that cleared up once I stopped the medication. That's incredible. I did have a client I worked with a year and a half ago, I think, and she was on medication for her thyroid and she was having all these side effects. But every time she saw her doctor, they told her, you're on the right dose. Your blood work looks good. Stay with it. And she was just saying, it feels too high. I feel like I'm on too much. And I said, well, why don't you write the doctor and just say, hey, I'm on too much. Like this is, I'm not sleeping well. My HRT is all over the place. I'm losing hair, like signs of, you know, the thyroid not being properly regulated. And the doctor just kept pushing back. And finally she said, I think I'm just going to drop my medication a little bit, which is obviously not usually advised. But I was like, you know what? I validate that, like do it. And she did and felt so much better And then went back to her doctor and had her three-month checkup. And the doctor was like, well, everything looks good. Your medication is correct. Keep staying with it. And she's like, oh, I dropped it down by 10. And the doctor was like, you know, to the doctor's credit, they were like, I'm so sorry. I was treating the blood work and not the patient. And I think so often doctors fall into that category where they're not listening to you. They're just giving you what the protocol says to give based on blood work versus the person in front of them and going, oh, yeah, you're having all these side effects maybe you need to get off or maybe we need to look at something else. And um, I think that is the sad part of the system, the medical system, even in functional, because she was at a practice in New York that should have been, you know, really listening to their patients based on their reputation, but not at all. Like, it's kind of crazy. And for me on the functional medicine clinic. But then actually, I was lucky to find like a doctor in my area here where I live in, in Denmark. And he could tell that I was so determined to really change my health into the better. So he trusted in me and he said, you know, I, you know, think that maybe you can get off medication. I won't say that that's going to be possible for everybody who has a thyroid disorder, but I, I re- he could really, he really saw me and I was really touched by that in the beginning. And, and we worked together a little bit. And every time I would come to him, I would say, you know, I feel it's too high. And he's like, well, you're in, you're within some kind of normal range but if you say that you don't sleep well and you don't feel well and you're I was starting to cry again having a lot of anxiety you know and and anxiety is such a wide specter it can be so many things but I just felt it in the slightest way and I was like no no I'm it's too much for me and I want to like drop it down and so he listened and so are your where now is your mental health and your thyroid health? Where is everything now? Two and a half years on protocol, you said? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I and this is gonna be for life. <laughs> no doubt. 
Yeah. Sure. Like, yeah, like you, you're such an inspiration. Everything you share, like on the daily on your account, is such a huge motivator for me as well. And I know so many, you know, for us all. So thank you for that. Oh, it's so my pleasure. I, I honestly, I joke that when when the Bean Protocol becomes mainstream, that's when I'll have to find something else weird to work with. But <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, my whole life I shied away from being unique. And now I'm all I want. I'm like, ooh, I like the, you know, esoteric avant-garde. <laughs> I'm a fan. So. It's so it. <laughs> like, I don't want to fit in anymore. I just want to help people. <laughs> be the kid, let it be. Like, no one. Yeah. You know, when somebody says they're vegan and they don't eat beans, I'm like, my brain doesn't comprehend. I'm like, how is that possible? Like they're missing out of the like how is this food not in your like a massive part of your diet to to successfully be vegan, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. but we rid of beans because they mess up in the beginning in our systems because we're a bit messed up and we don't know that. And yeah, it's this but that cleared up. It took me a long time and I've had some friends via, you know, my network here in Denmark, where I would also tell them when they started the protocol that it does take like half a year or depend where you are, but it took me half a year at least or yeah. I know. And I hope the people I work with in Denmark have all found each other because I've got, there's a few. Yeah. Yeah. I think at dinners and stuff. So yeah, I think we, we've connected. If there's new ones out there, let me know. <laughs> I will. I'll send them your way. Beanie dinners. I love it. Beanie, beanie dinner parties at five o'clock. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Look about it. We have dinner at six and at night, six o'clock and everybody is like, is that too early for anyone? And we're like, no, no. It's <laughs> yeah. That is so my people. It is. Yeah. I love an early dinner. It's funny how when you start taking care of your health, how things just start to shift. You know, you don't want to be up till 11 or 12 o'clock at night. Here in the Northern Hemisphere, it did change for me this summer when I was working in Italy. Like it, it did make sense for me to change a bit that rhythm because it was too hot during the day and you just can't eat anything at mm. six o'clock. So are your, is your mood feel totally stabilized? Does your thyroid numbers all look healthy at this point on the protocol? So I, I would say they could definitely improve. I also check in with Karen about this because sometimes I still worry because when you, when you get a thyroid disorder, or when I got that thyroid disorder, what really struck me was the feeling uncomfortable about my, my signals, my body's signals. Like, what does this mean? Do I have to be scared about it? Like there was all these things and being on medicine where you, you're just not as in tune with your body as you are when you're not on medication. And so I think building up that trust again in my own body is definitely the chapter of where I am now. I only start, stopped medication in April and all of a sudden I noticed a weekend where I'd been feeling amazing and I noticed my medicine that I hadn't taken it. I pray a lot. I've also been praying like, please, you know, help me release this, this, this need to have an illness in order to and understand my needs and, and be true to my needs and like what like so so releasing that was also a part of my uh, journey at, at some point and so this next level was like praying for this miracle because I just felt so lost on the medication it's really not feeling well mm -hmm. and and once I realized that those days had been so profound and 
right? I just was like, okay, I, I'm going to listen to my own miracle making here and take a chance and stop. Mm-hmm. And I remember writing Karen, Karen, I stopped medication. And she's like, I think she held her breath for the moment because she knew how much I'd been struggling on it, like feeling anxious. So I also think she was, you know, being cautious and trying to protect me of feeling worse. And But I just, I at some point I just had it with the medication and I, I think that came with the knowledge that I gained from the cyclical understanding that there are times during the months where things get worse if you are out of balance. And so knowing that within myself gave me the peace that, okay, this is going to pass. I'm going to be within the next 24 hours, probably. That's why I'm feeling anxious right now. Mm-hmm. I just go down, give myself some time, rest, and it'll be okay again. Did you, for, do you still get anxious before your cycles? No, I don't get anxious anymore. Awesome. That's beautiful. I, I get a no bullshit detector. <laughs> and that's, that's like, that's like, I'm in a situation where there is any of that kind. I'm, I, I will just be a bit more clear in my, you know, boundaries. And I, and then, yeah, that's it. No, I don't get anxious anymore. Beautiful. Yeah. I actually describe perimenopause as the no bullshit era, you know, like. <laughs> totally. And that can go on for 10 years. We don't even have a, you know, a name for this. And, and the, that's all of these symptoms where we just start to come more and more into our crowning. That's what we call it from, from the yogic perspective that I'm working with, you know, that women, once they stop bleeding, that's actually a time of crowning because you're, you're so full of wisdom. You have so much knowledge for all of us young ones that, you know, I just think that's such a beautiful way to describe it anyways. I think it's powerful. I think it's been misunderstood for a long time. I'm 47 and a half. I know you are it. And I'm loving it. I love it because I'm showing up in the world as myself. And I think that was the big transition into perimenopause for me. Because I've been on the protocol for 10 years, I don't have these crazy symptoms that people can get in perimenopause. I just have a no bullshit. Like I have my meter is just like to no bullshit. I want to have meaningful conversations. I no longer want to small talk, you know. <laughs> it's like I can totally relate and so resonate with me well. And it's interesting because some of the symptoms that you experience when you have Hashimoto's are very related to perimenopause symptoms. It's like changes of cycles where they get longer. You have, you know, sometimes heavy beatings and so, yeah, there are a lot of the same sort of updates on your software, your inner software, when you have a thyroid disorder versus getting to perimenopause. Have you if noticed you, your cycle getting more consistent? Yeah, they're 28 days for the first time in my life. Beautiful. Wow. So that's a part that I was very curious on like this next part of my what 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 my next chapter of healing would look like in in that with skipping medication like my education with with the the cycle awareness and tracking really it for me that's so beautiful so you're bringing all of these healing modalities together yeah yeah, I, I guess I can at some point also be more relaxed about it. But at this point, I'm really following my, like my cycle is I, I navigate completely from that. When I'm bleeding, I close down and I just want to, you know, be in my own bubble with people I love and 
I, I don't work. I, I take time out for that. And I also feel, you know, a lot more gaining from that. That's yeah. so beautiful. You're honoring your cycles. I think women probably traditionally honored that time, their moon cycle. And then somewhere along the way, it became unfashionable to be a woman with a period. <laughs> and we stopped having periods. They just disappeared. <laughs> Nobody knew we were having them because we were medicating for the pain and just driving ourselves to show up, right? That tells my story very well. And I remember reading this book, The Red Tent. In this book, the women, when they were on their cycles, they all went to the red tent. They didn't cook and they didn't clean and they had that time just to rest. And I just remember going, I can't remember the last time I gave myself permission to rest. And I do feel that, you know, sometimes if I'm super busy with work, because I'm also very passionate about my work and it's something very different from all this health world. It's, it's you know, it's textiles and design and like researching that and traveling back with it and everything in between. And sometimes I can forget these, you know, slower ways of moving through life and Anyways, it's that's where I, I just I realized if I if I'm too busy and I don't slow down also before I'm gonna meet, it's I'm losing out, I'm, I'm missing out some of the wisdom that's there for me in that period. So each period has like a, like I always get some kind of insights about what next step to take in my business, which need you know new client I should you know probably have a chat with, or I get all these amazing ideas when I'm bleeding. And if I don't slow down, then I don't, I can't hear them. I end up coming out of this temple time that I call it, not knowing my direction. You're tell, I would love to share about your clothing, like you make clothing and, and other things. Tell us. Yeah, I've done, I, I, I have always been doing that. I am super passionate about textiles, the history about textiles and women and, you know, the, the, the heritage from all over the world of, of us engaging with textiles and as traditions and, um, all these different things. And yeah, I, I make clothing and we have been making everything in Denmark for the past seven years. I'm, you know, I don't want to produce outside our borders and. We were the first or some of the first that did that in my industry because we could, because I'm small and I'm not big. And yeah, so we, we, we've done that the past seven years. And, um, Do you sell online if somebody, and tell, yeah, tell everyone where they can find you and if they want to see your beautiful creations. Well, I'm still just a one woman, my end at least. I have um, been collaborating with um, my tailor and her daughter for the past five to seven years and then two years ago right when I right after I got very sick we we took on a new level of business which was insane and and we hired two more tailors and so now there are four and um they work on um like when I get an order we produce things so it's a very organic way of business and we don't have any stock so most people can order things either be it email or or instagram and then it's a, a bit of a personal experience with me trying to help and find the right size and fabrics and trying to to make them come true like that it's very bespoke like it's a high level creation everything is like like we consider every order personally i consider mm -hmm. it with the client and try to make it as the client would like and within our universe what we 
we offer. And it's all the fabrics and pieces that I collected and collect on my travels. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love the way you live. It's connected and kind and your artistry is beautiful. And I just feel a pleasure to know you and to work with you and to be a part of your healing journey. It's been really wonderful to watch you evolve into it. I do remember to this day our our first conversation where it was like, you want me to eat meat? <laughs> Wait, eggs? I don't think I can ever eat eggs, you know? So it it was... You do like chicken or do you, and fish or? I do a lot of chicken and fish. And then I like I make fish cake and I buy also, we have like a brand in Denmark where they do organic lamb. And I really like them. Like we have it on like kind of mm-hmm. it on a rice cracker or something. And that's sometimes easy for me to do if I'm, you know, I was, and I'm curious why that is, I, I've never got big on, on, on the fat snacks, like the... It's not for everybody, you know, and for you, because you were dealing with overproducing hormones. I'm looking at your protocol now. Everything we built in was not around you having a fat snack. Fat snacks are really, you know, optional. Healthy fats are important for human health. So, but at the point you're at now, you're probably just having fats and beans together anyway, since your hormones sound like they're in a really great spot. I am. Yeah. I am. I, someone asked me in my feed, and I, because I borrowed your eating for health concept to kind of, you know, stick to this on my own, which was really helpful. I'm, I'm going to have to change that name one day. You need you. Why? Why? No, eating for health, the fact that you've embraced eating for health. And I love that you have an Instagram handle. The fact that I um, inspired that is really exciting. But, and I love, like I said, anybody listening, follow because eating for health is beautiful. Like you curate it really well. So keep it forever. Don't give that up. Yeah, no, I rested. <laughs> I will. I will. It's it's a fun needle thing to sometimes share things in there and just yeah. Obviously, it's 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 not as like front and center for me anymore. It's more now. It's just the way I live, and so you don't you don't use so much time on everything. But yeah, I should post a needle sometimes. I feel like this whole thing about Hashimoto's and thyroid disorder, it's, uh, there, there's such an emotional component to this. And I, I also want to say that, that I, throughout, throughout all this, you know, journey and I worked, you know, intensely with therapists on, you know, um, personally and also with my family, because I do believe that all of these issues and especially probably autoimmunity in different ways have, you know, there, there is a thread back to, you know, childhood trauma. And, and there was certainly for me as well. So I just want to say that to anybody who maybe wants to, to, to quit medicine at some point. Again, I feel like the, the, that it was the combination of all of this. It wasn't just my desire to quit medication. It was also a desire to stop being like constantly fighting with my past and like fighting with that trauma. Mm, that's well said. I think there's even a part of health, I think it's called psychoimmunology, where our own traumas from childhood, that they can predict certain outcomes from childhood traumas in health and, and well-being because of the psychological aspect of it, right? The emotional, spiritual, psychological aspect of it. So it's interesting because when I discovered that, I was like, oh, yeah, I fit into that really well. Of course, I have an auto. I had autoimmune disorder. Me too. I was like, yeah, that's it. I'm aware of it. Like, how do I 
change it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's beautiful that you are not, and I, I, this is something I really like to bring attention to that it's not just about diet. Diet is the cornerstone. Diet is what supports our body doing the work. But if we're not doing the emotional and spiritual as well, then we're kind of missing out on this really important equation that, because those elements allow us to stay in the healing process to feel good in our bodies, because those elements can be very dysregulating if we aren't choosing to to work on them or or process them. So it's beautiful that you've taken on the entire experience, not just the diet part. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't easy, I will say. It was not easy. I was, you know, alone throughout all this years that I was sick. I had nobody to share this experience with. And which is I'm also happy about that because it, in some ways that made it easier for me to be on the diet on this weird bean diet. <laughs> There was some really lonely times during this journey with my health where I just was like, why do I need to go through this alone? Like, this is already so heavy. Like, yeah. So deep healing, deep healing. And it is why I try to connect as much as I can others to each other and me out there because I know to take on a protocol that isn't socially acceptable or friendly can be really isolating and and it's hard to choose between your health or social interactions or life or to fit in. I think a lot of my disease was caused from fitting in and not taking care of myself, you know. So now yeah. I just let my beanie freak flag fly and I'm really happy. <laughs> I get enough of her. <laughs> my beans for all my friends. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And I just adore you. and. I hope you have a wonderful evening and yeah, everybody. So where can, where can people listening who want to follow your journey find you? Eating for Health is one of your handles and then you have another handle. What is your other handle on Instagram? Yes, I also share sometimes on my business account or my official uh, account, Lean Sander underscore. That's where I share all my work, but all of this is interlinked. I'm sometimes hesitant to share my lifestyle in it because it's not for everybody and I just sometimes it just people don't want to see what you're eating they just want to see the next print you're offering right <laughs> so those are the two handles yeah and I, I feel like this conversation could get opened in so many directions and just so it's yeah for anyone wanting to to heal themselves from thyroid disorder I I, I just am such an advocate for them I I wish that so many more knew that it was possible because I knew I know quite a few people who are on medication not feeling well they don't know what to do and they're having all these side illnesses as well where it's sort of spiraling for them well I think it's a misconception to think that we can get on a medication and everything is going to be okay more often than not you need even if you I have a lot of clients on medication and doing diet and between those two they find their own equilibrium which i think is you know really important to also note but for other people if the medication isn't doing the work really looking at supporting your body with diet and communicating with your doctor to see if you can navigate those waters because yeah is is resting and i cannot say that enough i, I remember you saying that in the beginning it's like what what do you like Okay, never mind. Like, I was just not, like, getting. You're like, no unique. I will not rest. I am lit from within, and I love what I do, and I'm just going to grind myself into the ground. And I'm like, yeah, but you can also rest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
that with the cyclical where it's so inherent now in my life and I'm okay with it during that time. So, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful night. You too. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed Lean's healing journey. She is just a wonderful person. I have enjoyed working with her and continue to support her efforts for better health as she moves forward. I hope it inspires you along your healing journey to really take the role of being your own healer seriously. Because what we do day to day has the greatest input on our outcomes of our health. I hope wherever you are in this beautiful world, you are doing well and taking care of yourself. Thank you.